Today we want to talk about hope that looks up. When Pastor Tom called me and asked me if I would uh, preach uh, one of the Sundays that he is away, uh, I asked him, what do you want me to preach on? I was a little concerned that he might ask me to preach on Ezekiel. So he said, uh, no, uh, uh, it's summer, and um, a psalm would be a good place to start. So we want to base uh, this morning's message on Psalm 121. So let's, let's read it. Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We turn to psalms like this one when we need the assurance of God's protection in life, in times where we need to be lifted up and strengthened in mind and in spirit. This psalm is called a psalm of ascent. Now, the original word means a journey to a higher place. A journey to a higher place. And that is the way the Jewish people thought about going to Jerusalem. They thought of going up to Jerusalem in part because the city was higher geographically and still is, of course. For example, the 17-mile road or 27 kilometers road from Jericho to Jerusalem goes up 3,500 feet. That is uh, 1,066 meters in a short 27 kilometers. But travelers mostly thought of going up to Jerusalem because the temple was the spiritual mountain for the Jewish people, and still is. In a similar way as we, you and I, go through life, we are on the way what we often call the heavenly Jerusalem. In other words, on our way to eternity, on our way to heaven itself, we're all on the life's journey in one way or another, and we can count on God to carry us through as we trust Him. Of course, on our part, we need to trust Him, and that is so fundamental. Now, as pilgrims were traveling to Jerusalem, they would have been faced with uh, treacherous terrain. 
Remember, they had to climb these mountains. Beyond that, they would have faced dangers of robbers and even wild animals in those hills. This could have been the same road that the man took in the parable of the Good Samaritan as he traveled down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And perhaps Jesus had this psalm in mind, and I say perhaps because we don't have evidence of it in Scripture, as he told the parable of the Good Samaritan. In short, those who wrote and recited this psalm needed God's help and protection, and so do we, each day, each hour. Some Bible scholars actually tell us that when this psalm was recited, there were as many as three speakers. Speaker one speaks in verse one to two. Speaker two responds to him with a prayer and a blessing in verse three. And then speaker three gives words of assurance in verses four through eight. What is remarkable is that there is evidence of a close relationship and encouragement amongst them as they traveled to Jerusalem for worship to one of those at least three great feasts that they still observe today. And it'll be the Feast of Tabernacles in October. I don't know the exact date, but it is in October. And um, people are invited to come. Now, this aspect of encouragement is so important. That's the way it should be amongst us as well. We need to remind each other of God's faithfulness and love towards us. You know, it helps when friends and brothers and sisters in Christ come alongside and offer words of encouragement and faith in our, for our daily lives, especially when we're faced with difficulties. Now, sometimes we don't have or find the right words to say. And that's all right. It has been demonstrated. In fact, I just read the testimony of a pastor whose son had passed away. And he said this, the strongest support often comes from simply being present with someone who needs encouragement. And that's how it was with Job's friends. As long as they were just sitting with him and were quiet, things were all right. But then they started speaking, and it wasn't that good, was it? Now, as we join the crowd on the journey to the heavenly Jerusalem, in our mind, let's just imagine that they paused in the blazing sun like we had yesterday and the day before. And one of them said, I see those hills ahead of us, and they're rugged and steep and dangerous. Who's going to help us get past them? While gazing upward, the speaker went on and assured himself, My help comes from the Lord, the one who created all of this, and is higher than the highest mountain. 
Then his friend who was standing beside him might have put his hand on his shoulder and spoke his blessing over him and said, May the Lord not allow your foot to slip. May your protector not sleep. And then another friend, the third speaker, jumped in and says, Look, Israel's protector does not sleep or slumber. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you in all you do now and forevermore. Oh, how we need to hear those words today in our daily lives, don't we? When your mountain seems too big and too high to climb, look up and remember who gives you the hope and the ultimate help you need. And we all need. So what is the hope that looks up all about? What is it all about? <clears throat> hope that looks up believes that God is our helper and creator. God is our helper and creator. The writer asks the question, where does my help come from? Now, of course, this is written in poetic form, but it is a real question in life, isn't it? Where can I get some help? Who can possibly help me out of this impossible situation I find myself in? And I don't know how your week has been, <clears throat> but I'm sure you faced some difficulties along the way. And so, here is the solution to look up. Now, many, if not most or all of us, know where to turn when, they need, when we need a miracle. However, too many wait until they absolutely need a miracle. That's when they turn to God. What is the cry that comes out of most people's mouth when they lose control of their car? Oh my God! Or oh, Jesus, help! So many 911 prayers have been prayed by people who have very little, if any, association with God beforehand. And here is the grace of God. Many of those prayers have been answered. You see, in His mercy, God responds to those who cry out to Him. This, of course, is not based on their worthiness. It is not based on who they are. <clears throat> it is based on His love and His grace. If you look at verse 2, you find the word Lord, of course, and it's in capital letters in pretty well all translations. It refers to God as the covenant God, the one who made the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, in short, with the people of Israel. God revealed Himself that way to Moses 
It is the name which God uses to describe himself. When Moses asked the question, whom do I tell them who you are? And he says, I am. I am is my name. The Lord. Which means, when he says I am, means that he is self-existent. He does not depend on anyone and on, does not depend on anything. He is the great I am. So the psalmist says, my help comes from the great I am. He is the one who is going to help us. The great I am is bigger than the mountain we face. And so ultimately our help does come from, from Him. Not from some undefined higher power of which we hear things today. Or help uh, <laughs> does not look deep inside ourselves by, and we embark on a journey of self-discovery or self-actualization. Our help comes from the one who has always been fully present in the world he created. He is fully present in the world he created, and that applies to right now, just the way it was when he created it. The psalmist confidently says, and we can say the same, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can't get any bigger. This is a strong statement about the power and might of God. The same God who placed the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon, the God who divided the earth with mountains and valleys and masses of water, will provide any necessity and alleviate any difficulty. Whom are you turning to help you? To whom are you trusting you yourself in to sustain you? You know, some people look to their jobs, to their bank account. Children naturally look to their parents, and some parents look to their children. Others hope to win the lottery. <clears throat> there are those who spend their life dreaming about pie in the sky, we've heard that. They hope for the great jackpot at the casino. We can look everywhere. But Scripture tells us to look up. Look no further than God, the Creator Himself, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is not limited by time or space. You see, if God was able to make all that you see and feel and experience and more, surely we can take, He can take care of your needs and my needs, whatever they may be. And then, hope that looks up believes that God is always aware of our situations. God is always aware of our situations. He's very much aware 
of your situation right now. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who makes, he watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. <clears throat> now, it was key to those who went to Jerusalem that they would arrive safely, of course, that as they crossed the mountains and the streams, they would not slip and fall and get hurt. You see, you and I, we live in a world that is dangerous in the physical sense, yes? But just as dangerous or more so in the spiritual sense. Let's be assured this morning once again that God watches over us. God is not asleep. Now, ancient writings from Mesopotamia referred to gods who did not respond to prayers for help as sleeping gods. <laughs> In fact, Elijah taunted the prophets of Baal that uh, Baal must be sleeping or was away on a journey because he did not answer their prayer for fire as they worshiped on the mountain. There are times when we might think that God is not aware of our prayers or is busy in another galaxy somewhere. And you've heard people say that, I'm sure. That's, however, not the way the Bible describes Him at all. Instead of the God who does not see or does not hear or cannot reach into our needs, the Bible describes him as El Roy, meaning the God who sees. The God who sees. Or El Shama, the God who is there. He sees, he's there, he's here. In Matthew 6, 8, Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, along those same lines, not only is God fully aware of us, but He is actively guarding us and giving us His protection. And this leads us to our next thought. Hope that looks up believes that God is our protector. God is our protector. The writer says that as they journey through the hills and valleys, God will protect them from the scorching heat of the sun. It was protection against sunstroke and sunburn and so many other things. He will protect them from the moon as well. <laughs> it was believed in antiquity that if exposed too much to the moon, it would cause ill effect. In fact, I was told as a child by my older cousins, they always tell you stories, right? Uh, that if, if, if I were exposed too much to the moon, especially full moon, that I would start sleepwalking. You know, older cousins like to scare their younger cousins. And um, who knows where you can end up, they said. I don't think there was any truth in that, but uh, nevertheless, uh, it scares us when we're young. But this is what ancient people believed to a certain extent. 
And this is why he says, he will protect you from that. And then in verse 7, he says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. Other translations say harm. He will watch over your life. Now, the word for evil signifies the evil intentions other people might have. And we know they exist. In those days, of course, these travelers, uh, they were faced uh, with robbers that lived in those hills who often hid there and would target these families heading to Jerusalem. Since they would carry their tithes and offerings because they went to the temple to worship. And uh, they would not only think of stealing their possessions, but would not think twice to take their lives. Like the one that fell into the hands of thieves in the parable of the Good Samaritan. This was a real danger. It is believed that in the time of Jesus, there, was as, there were as many as 12,000 robbers in those hills. And I checked those figures again and again, and that's what comes up. This song, this psalm assures them that the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will watch over your life. The psalmist makes it clear that God is the one who guards and protects us. We need his spiritual protection. We need this physical, we need to be protected physically, but even more so we need his spiritual protection in this upside world we live in. We can be assured that the protection which applied to Israel applies also to us right now, here, today. In fact, God's promises of protection extend to all who trust Him. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, quoting various sources of the Old Testament, says this, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Indeed, God is watching over those who love and honor him. And so that is the question. Are we loving and honoring him? Psalm 34, 15 and 16 says this, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. <laughs> Let me say that again. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. God is watching over us on the journey of life. For the Christian, it is a journey of faith. And faith is not a leap into the unknown. It is a leap into the arms of God, which will lead us into the eternal presence of Jesus and God Himself. This takes us to the last point, 
Hope that looks up believes that God is present in all our coming and going. Verse 8. The Lord will watch over you as you come, as you go, both now and forevermore. Coming and going. There is much coming and going in our lives, isn't there? Work, travel, family. Just think of the everyday little things that we so often take for granted. That you got here safely to church this morning. That you got back from your vacation safely. That you were protected from certain illnesses. God has promised to protect us in each situation. He's watching over us every moment of the day, every moment of our life. But as we already have said, it does not stop there. His love and care will last for all eternity. He will safely bring us home. As we close this morning, it is my prayer that you have been encouraged by God's Word. Very simply, out of Psalm 121, He wants us to have hope. It has been said you can live without many things, but you cannot live without hope. Just imagine not having any hope for tomorrow. Impossible. On our part, the only way we can have hope is to look to Him and learn to trust in Him. He will never leave you or forsake you. In fact, He cared so much that Jesus died for you and me on the cross and rose again victorious over sin and death. So if you haven't come to Him, come to Him in simple prayer and accept Him as your Savior by confessing your sin and turning to Him in repentance. Remember, He died for us on the cross rose again in victory over sin and death. He's victorious over all evil. Some may ask, and maybe we have asked it as well at one point or another, where was God when my life seemed to turn upside down? Sometimes it indeed turned upside down. I'm here to tell you He was in the same place. He was when His Son died on the cross. And when Jesus shouted, it is finished, His enemies thought it was over and He had been silenced forever. But He got up. He rose again. Yes, we may fall down. We may struggle. We may experience difficulties. 
Nevertheless, because God is our Father and our provider, when we fall down, He will get us back up. In other words, we are kept by Him. And because we are kept, we can triumph over tragedy and disappointments. Because we are kept, we are not victims. We are victorious. Because we are kept, we can shout out, yet still I rise. <laughs> because we are kept, we know that weeping may endure for a while, for the night, Psalm 30, verse 5. But joy is coming in the morning. Because we are kept, we rejoice that though enemies may come, God is our protector. Again, let's look up to Him and trust Him. He will be with us every step of the way, come what may, from time forth and forever more. Amen. Father, we thank You, we praise You, that You are the one who keeps us. We thank You for the eternal hope in Jesus Christ. And may we make use of that each day, each moment of our lives. Amen.